Well, it's finally a quiet moment here at Silvervale, my little space in this wonderful house we call Brokelage. The housemates have gone to see Avengers um, Infinity War. And uh, I saw it the other day because I had the free time, I had uh, the opportunity, and I really did not want it to be spoiled before I saw it pristine. If you get the opportunity, see it in as big a theater as you possibly can. Uh, IMAX preferred. I'm not a big proponent of 3D. I love 3D, but uh, IMAX is almost vital for this this wonderful uh, spectacle of a film. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, saying anything about the film at this point, I would consider a spoiler even to give my opinion in any part of it. Uh, see it. You'll love it, uh, especially if you're an MCU fan. I'm going to stop talking now because I'm not going to talk about it. Hi, welcome to Across the Table. I'm Hannibal the Magician. This is episode 29, and I'm going to deal with a, a heavy thing or two, something, a couple of a couple of topics that have been bouncing around in my head for a little bit of time now. Uh, both of them controversial. Both of them may push some buttons. Uh, just remember who I am, remember who you're talking to, and, and try to see it from the perspective I'm going to present it as. Uh, I'm going to touch on some very touchy topics um, even among the friends and people I care deeply about these topics, um, we have not <clears throat> been able to, uh, at least one of them, we have not been able to deal with simply because it's just too raw uh, at the moment and has become more raw uh, recently. Um, no spoilers uh, as far as I know, as far as that goes. Let me catch you up on what's going on. It is currently May the 1st. Happy May Day. And the multitude of other things that happen on this beautiful, fabulous day. Uh, I had a friend from uh, currently in Georgia who told me that for the first time today the sun came out and it was wonderful and warm and breezy and beautiful. And here in Los Angeles, it is cold and rainy and kind of gray. And I kind of love it, I'm going to tell you. I am sitting out back just under my bedroom window outside of Silvervale. Uh, you may hear the... Uh, the um, wind chimes, if the wind picks up and they go off, there are some birds finally coming back around. <clears throat> but it is a quiet moment. And I want to tell you, I had a whole other podcast uh, scripted, uh, notes taken, and mostly uh, complete. I got about halfway through it, and I realized that what I was talking about was not what I wanted to talk about. Something else that has been, I'm not going to use the word plaguing, but tickling at the back of my brain, uh, finally came forward in a rush. And so uh, I wanted to discuss that instead a little bit. Um, things still continue to be a little rough and rocky. Business is very slow. Uh, I am, you know, debt is what it is, and debt perpetuates itself, and, and it gets deeper the longer it takes. Uh, I am still fully confident that work will pick up. And I will be able to master it and get on top of what I owe. Um, as an aside to that, if you would like to help me along my path through the art, uh, I do have a Patreon page that is up and running full steam, where you will get things like this podcast just a bit earlier, where you'll get behind-the-scene videos of, of new rehearsals and new art that I am creating <clears throat> at certain tiers. Uh, you will get uh, all the blogs and everything a bit earlier than the public does uh, most importantly, and despite all the rewards that I've put up, you'll be helping me support my art. You'll be supporting your favorite magician and the art path that he has chosen. Um, and you'll gain my deep appreciation. Uh, 
Um, I am not promising anything special. I'm not promising anything other than my usual uh, walk along my road, to walk it as true as I possibly can, to speak truth and to perform uh, honestly as I possibly can, doing the, uh, doing the card tricks, you know. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I still firmly believe this was the correct choice. Uh, the struggle is real. The, um, the love is real and it's going to take hard work to get where I want to be. But luckily I, uh, I have the, uh, I have the persistence. I have the tenacity. I have the belief in myself right now to carry on and move forward. The work I'm doing is good. The things that I'm creating are very powerful, um, hopefully I'll be able to share them with you very soon, within the week, uh, especially the Patreon page and those of you that follow along. I'll keep you posted as well, <clears throat> and there should be a new uh, performance video coming up very soon, as well as a new addition to the live shows. Um, yeah, no spoilers there either, right? So, that all being said, I am unpacked. I am currently in the midst of arranging things the way I want them to be. I'm very happy with my living space. I'm very comfortable in my living space. I have been focusing the majority of my time on work, uh, the persistence of marketing and branding what I do, reaching out to old clients and, and seeing uh, old clients, um, clients that I haven't spoken to in a while, uh, seeing about boosting business there. Um, haven't had much of a social life, and that's fine at this point. At this phase in my career, in my phase in my life, uh, I have close friends. I have people that I deeply care about, and I have lots of alone time where I can focus on what is important in my life right now, and that is recovering, walking down the road, um, slowly getting in better shape physically and mentally. And, uh, and making the best art that I possibly can. Am I being redundant? Am I starting to repeat myself? I hope that's not the case. Um, but this is what you get from this podcast. You get kind of stream of thoughts thinking. Although, I do have notes and I do have things that I want to delve into. Um, first, before I do that, let me, let me warn you. Some of the things I'm going to discuss are pretty heavy triggers. Uh, I'm going to spot, I'm going to speak frankly, I'm going to speak openly and I'm going to speak the truth the way that I see it. I do fully understand that a lot of my perspective is going to be skewed because of the way I was brought up because of the person that I am. Um, and hopefully the person that I am will have gained a little trust and little faith so that if some of the things I, I claim or the things that I say don't immediately grip you as uh, as appropriate, but you'll give me a minute or two to get to my point, because there are going to be some heavy triggers on, on what I'm saying. At least I think so. Maybe you'll listen to it and just go, well, you know, that wasn't as uh, that wasn't as aggressive as I thought it was going to be. But um, the truth is sharp. It's it's razor sharp, and I have been I've been agonizing over this and writing and rewriting and rescripting this to 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 make the point that I want to make. So, topic number one, <laughs> Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Yeah, okay, come back. Don't, uh, don't, flip off the, uh, don't flip off the podcast just yet. There are a lot of people, there are a lot of friends, there are a lot of acquaintances, there's a lot going on <clears throat> that happened when The Last Jedi came out, and of course it's been 
quite a while ago. Uh, all the way back, it's already out on Blu-ray, Blu-ray and DVD and everything else. So it is, uh, I'm not going to be spoiling anything, uh, I think, um, by t- taking my take on this film and, and realizing <clears throat> the way that I realized not terribly long ago why I love this film so much. Uh, a lot of people just absolutely despised it. And I'm not here to change your mind. I'm not the guy who's going to come along and say, well, here's why you should like it. Here's why you... Uh, Here's why you should change your mind about your feelings toward this film. No, your feelings are your feelings. And I don't expect, and I'm certainly not attempting to change your mind. I'm simply going to tell you why Star Wars The Last Jedi is my favorite of the franchise. It has been from the second time I saw it. The first time, I loved it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was gripping and moving and, and fantastic in, it, in the chances that it took and the the uh, the skews that it took and the yes of course it's going to ignore some physics and it's going to ignore some things it's a science fiction movie and while you have to adhere to certain things Star Wars has never really been about you know in space no one can hear you scream you get the explosions you get everything else that you know it's an action adventure science fiction film and uh, it's my favorite franchise of all time and I've learned so much about life from Star Wars and it has affected every aspect of my life from inspiration to motivation to all kinds of things. So having said that, here's why I love this film so much. It was, uh, in the words of, 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 a, of someone that I trust and someone that I love and someone I discuss movies with an awful lot, it seems like the writer of this, who, by the way, is Ryan Johnson, who also directed it, and that might not seem like a big deal, but Ryan Johnson wrote and directed The Last Jedi. The only other person to have written and directed a Star Wars film is George Lucas himself. Um, so he, this is the complete vision the way he saw it. I'm sure there were influences, I'm sure there was other things going on, but you write and then you direct your vision uh, for the characters and you get a pretty clear picture of what the artist was, was trying to go for. And, and Ryan, uh, he nailed it as far as I'm concerned. He, he went with his instincts. He went with uh, a fervor and a love for this particular film um, that me as an old school, original Star Wars loving kid all the way from my early teens could see uh, as a natural progression of things. If you came into the films from the prequels, and there are certainly people who absolutely love the prequels, it may have a different feeling for you. You may not, you may not well, obviously you're not going to have the same kind of experience that I've had with this ongoing saga. And I've read the books, and I've read the fan fiction, and I've, I've delved deeply into a whole bunch of this particular universe, and quite frankly, I just think this was an amazing, gutsy, ballsy direction to take what has become established in the world at large. Um, in the world that we live in right now, what has been established as uh, normal and and you know, obvious in, in, uh, in the ongoing, you know, ongoing life, uh, all of that is being challenged right now. 
uh, keywords like patriarchy and, and feminism and things like this are, are starting to take more concrete meaning to the very words that they are. And what used to seem very, very black and white is becoming more and more gray. And this is a good thing. As, as our communication expands, as we are able to reach out and understand each other through the, the, the smaller that the world gets because of things like the internet, which if I can go ahead and say a lot of the social media and things that are out there seem to be, to me, to be very detrimental to this. If you start talking all in negatives and you start talking all in extremes, you're going to alienate people and you're going to, you're going to make more enemies and you're going to make friends. Yes, it's good to have values and it's good to have your own ethics, but it's also good to stretch outside of those things to see someone else's point of view. When, and, and you know, for those of you who, who have people of faith and people who are uh, dramatically religious in what they believe, I'm not challenging your beliefs. I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong. What I am telling you is that there are many, many other points of view. You may have full faith in your God and your, and your ethics that come from the morals that your God has passed down to you through whatever means, but that doesn't mean yours is the only way even though the credo of your religion may tell you that it's the only way. Millions upon millions upon billions of other people live different lives with different values. There are certain things we can all agree on that are right and wrong. But as far as judging someone else by who they decide to love or judging someone else by things they cannot change, like who they decide to love, love does not, in the word, okay, from Hamilton, love does not discriminate. You, you cannot always help who you love, and that may be tragic in the love not being returned, but that's, that's life, you know? Morality, uh, judging someone else by things they can't help, by like, things like love, like skin color, like uh, the religion they were born into, and, and, the, and the God they serve, or the, or the nature they serve, or the humanity and the absolute faith in themselves that they serve, it's just wrong. Anyway, I, di I digress. I got off on a tangent. That's what I do. Star Wars has been very black and white for since its inception. There has the, larks, the light side and the dark side of the Force. There is the, the Empire and the Rebellion. And, you know, you're, you're rooting for the, for the underdog the entire time against the evil galactic Empire. And, and they are labeled straight up as evil. And all through the prequels and everything else, as confusing as it was, there was the line there of, this is black, this is white, and in between, there's, there's nothing. You choose a side and you stick to it. The modern world and the way we live in right now does not, it's not reality. It's not just us and them. Us versus them gets everyone killed. It's us. We are all us. We are all one on this planet. We are, you know, we, we, we defend invisible lines and we, we put up walls against people that don't quite believe like we do. And we force someone, people are being forced into criminal mindsets and then being labeled as criminals. And, and it's, there's a better way. There's education, there's love, there's kindness, there's understandings. There's, you know, when, when, when someone is devastated, the, the kind person opens their arms and, and does the best for them that they possibly can. 
you don't immediately throw up a wall because of, because of a belief, because of an invisible line. Call me naive, but I still think love is the stronger power. Star Wars. <laughs> so what is happening in The Last Jedi is a severe blurring of the lines. The, the main characters, the two main characters, and you can, we can argue about this point, but this is my opinion, the two main characters are Kylo Ren and Rey. Rey has no last name. Rey is literally, she was written into the first movie as a nobody. She is a scavenger. She, is, she has lived on her own wits. She has trained herself in self-defense because she has to in order to survive. She has to be tough. She has to defend her life day by day. She has to go out and explore and, 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 and find things that she can trade for food. She has, in a very real sense, been put into a criminal mindset. She's the, you know, she is the homeless. She is the, the scavenger, the, 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 the street rat that, that literally has to scavenge for her own food or her own well-being. So she learns to fight, and she teaches herself how to fight. And she is certainly a force wielder. She definitely has the force within her. If you take a look at the, the fight between her and, and Kylo with lightsabers, which a lot of people criticized for her being able to use it so well, you know what? No, she's been fighting for her life in the desert her entire life. Of course she knows how to fight. When she picks up the lightsaber, if you watch the choreography of the, of the fight scene, she's basically flailing. She's swinging the, the weapon around, trying her best just to get through the defense, and Kylo's not fighting back. She has a raw passion and an anger and a, and a hatred for the person in front of her. But she's not a dark force wielder. She is in that middle ground. She is, she's channeling the force and she's using it. And when she gets to the island when, and starts training under Luke, she embraces the dark side things that are thrown at her as well as the light side. She's in that middle ground. She's, it's no longer just black and white. And that's what I think the message of this movie is. Kylo himself also moves inward, uh, away from pure dark side, uh, which he is at the very beginning of The Force Awakens. He moves into a more <clears throat> gray background. He's the legacy. He, uh, he, is, he is both a Skywalker and a Solo. He is the combination of the heroes from the, the, the first trilogy from New Hope Empire Jedi. He is the product of, of them. And he starts off completely on the opposite side of what they ever believed in, because that's kind of what kids do, right, sometimes. But he's moved away from that. He is moving, he's recognized something in Ray that has that brought him closer to the center, that has calmed the anger <clears throat> that powered his force. And if he's not the most powerful force wielder we've met yet... I honestly don't know who is. Maybe Han Solo himself, but that's a, that's a topic for another day. Anyway, they both move towards the center. They both move towards each other. The conversation that they have in the middle of the film, where he, the legacy holder, the guy who has everything, basically says, "Burn the legacy down. Take the uh, take it away. It's 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 time." to lose the binary vision that we have of this world and realize that the Force is available to anyone. 
love, if I could say it this way, love is available to everyone. If the force is love, and I will argue with you all day that it is, because it binds the universe together and it gives us power and it's the thing that we were made to produce, then finding the middle ground between what you believe in and what I believe in and learning to communicate and learning to share love on a, on a, on a kindness scale, on a peaceful scale, is everything. It's the thing that would save the world right now. As bad a shape as it in, as it is in, I do not think we are too far gone. I believe that we are being fed a lot of negativity because it is good for the people in power to keep the people that they are in power over in fear. The more fear we are in, the less of a threat we are to the powers that be. If we could embrace love, if we could embrace the differences between ourselves, if we could you know, admire each other without jealousy, everything could change. I still believe it could happen. I'm not saying I'm the guy that could do it, but I bet you're out there. I bet the person that can do it is out there. I do card tricks, and I tell stories, and I try to encourage people to love one another, and I'm off my notes. I am totally off my notes. This isn't about me. We are seeing in our, in our world right now that the things that were black and white, uh, male and female, gender binaries, all the things that, that we have come to trust and believe in from, for, for decades and even centuries are, are not as concrete as they seem to be. There is a middle ground and we are fluid and we are intelligent beings. We're not the meat sack that we live in. I've said that for years and it applies to gender roles and it applies to trans people and it applies to, to gay people and queer people and straight people and black people and white people and male people and female people. And I may have just overstepped my own gender binary claim, but I think you know the point I'm trying to make. You know, this is the point where you're going to have to forgive me for my own lack of ability sometimes to, to, to get the words out that I mean, but I think you see my point. God, I hope you do. We are our consciousness. We, we are not the parts we are made up of. We are not penises and vaginas. We are not fat and skinny. We are the consciousness we have inside of us, the, the brain, the mind, the heart, the soul that is awake. I don't know that the soul is eternal. I don't know that there's anything in the afterlife that there is, you know, that there is a heaven or a hell. I, I, I honestly, I don't believe that there is anymore. I was passionately for them for a long time. But if our consciousness continues after the, the, the vehicle that we are in perishes, if it is in fact eternal, then, then what? Don't know. And it isn't even really that important, is it? I mean, here we are, and we are, we are to an, an, an essence, trapped in this, in this fallible body and with a fallible mind, because your consciousness is not entirely your mind, by the way. The, uh, the mean voices, the, the voices that tell you that you're worthless, those are not you. That is not, you're not your pain, you're not your mind, you are your soul and your consciousness. And we are living this through our own perspectives and the things that happen around us and the stories we are told as we are brought up. And those are the things that shape us, shape our consciousness, shape our vision on what we see in the world. And it could be a lot more gray than it is right now. And I think 
that that's really what Ryan Johnson is trying to get across in this fantasy science fiction film. The things that we've come to rely on from Star Wars are still there. The, the legacy is still there. Those stories are still there. <clears throat> but it, the, the, the process of the world is evolving and becoming less black and white and more and more gray as things come closer and closer together. Rey embraces all of her passion. She, she couples both the light and the dark side. Luke, in the, in the Last Jedi, is absolutely stunned by this. And he's upset by it, and he is dismayed by it. And in the process of the film, he is very much like the old man saying, get off my lawn, because he doesn't recognize the new generation for the values that they hold. He is, to, to put it quite frankly, the last of the Jedi. Uh, if I could be a lot more blunt, and, and I'm only using this as an example that I'm aware of, if the movie was entitled The Last Christian, and it was someone in the Luke Skywalker role realizing that the fairy tales they had been told and, and the things that, that came out of the, the books that they worshipped were somewhat hateful, um, uh, you know, stoning someone for their preferences or stoning someone for the very clothes that they wear is ridiculous. But it's there in the book that, that everyone holds up as their moral compass. They're, they're ignoring a, a great deal of anger, fear, and hatred that is contained in those pages. I, I'm getting off track again, but, but the idea is The Last Jedi is, is, is the idea that the Jedi Knights, as well as the Sith, are no longer viable in moving forward in an evolving world. Just like invisible lines, imaginary people, imaginary morals that hold no bearing, you know, in a in a in a, a human mind, in a in a consciousness that that can and and should embrace the reality of things like science and and you know the, the absolute world around us. I mean, there's there's still tons of stuff we don't know, but we there are things we absolutely do. And while you can't have your own opinions, you cannot have your own facts. And someone a lot smarter than me said that. That's not that's not a Hannibal quote, but it's it's no less true. I'm off track. I'm sorry. Uh, I get a little passionate about that as well. Luke Skywalker. <clears throat> the entire premise of, or a great deal of the premise of The Force Awakens was finding Luke, finding the lost piece of the puzzle, finding where he has hidden himself in the universe because he's going to come back and save us. And my friends, my beloved, my beloved friends and the people that I care deeply about, I immediately saw parallels in people waiting for Jesus to return to save their lives when they have the capability and they have the, the, the knowledge and the, the love inside them already enough to save themselves. And it was, it was clinched in the very beginnings of The Last Jedi when she gets to the island and the Savior is there and he throws away the opportunity, literally throws it over his shoulder and says, no, I'm done with this. I, had, I did what I did. I, I, I saved this point. I did my duty. I'm done. I'm not coming back. I have no interest in coming back. When they went to fend for themselves, when it got down to a very small room of very passionate people who had love 
for each other is when the Savior returned. And even then, he wasn't real. The, the Savior that they saw come in and do the fighting and, and, and get prepared to, to do final battle with, uh, with the great Satan, Kylo Ren, even then he wasn't real. He was, he was projecting himself from his haven to where the danger was in order simply that his friends, his loved ones, the people that he cared about and the people that he sacrificed himself for had the opportunity to save themselves. We have been given love. Wherever it came from, wherever this capacity that in our consciousness we have love, that can move the universe. And that's, that's as woo as I get because I believe strongly in the power of love. But I don't have to know where it comes from to know that it is correct. I don't have to store up treasures in heaven. Forgive me. I don't. I, I store my treasures here by giving them away to other people, by giving the, the love and the compassion and the kindness and the empathy and the things that I can give, I give them now with, with no expectation that I have just gotten an extra key to the gates of heaven or a bigger mansion or a nicer place after I die. I do it because it's the right thing to do right now. That's what saves people. That's what will save the world. That's what will bring us together in a more gray area of, of love and compassion and, and working and living together and saving the people who are starving and, and, and giving... If you, if, you, if you take the analogy of the loaves and the fishes and, 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 and Jesus made a little bit of bread into a lot of bread and enough to feed everybody and you substitute love for the bread, we have got so much bread and people are still starving. And it doesn't have to be that way. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a tangent, wasn't it? Luke Skywalker. He saved the universe on several occasions. He saved his friends. He saved numerous other things. If you want to get into the picky things about the film, the, uh, the silliness of the casino, I will point you to the silliness of the trash compactor. It's always been a part of the mythos and it's always been a part of the Star Wars saga the the soap opera stuff the incidental characters people were upset because of the way Snope was killed off and he you know he was supposed to be important and he wasn't yeah so was Grand Moff Tarkin you know there there's always been Qui-Gon Jinn for you know another example uh killed off he, 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 for God's sake you could go all the way back to um uh, oh man, now my brain's going to stop. I mean, Darth Sidious, for, for that matter. I mean, the, the, There are main characters and there are incidental characters. And they come and they go. You know, Boba Fett, for goodness sake. He's one of the most recognized, most beloved characters. He's barely got screen time. I mean, he's got a backstory now because of the prequels, but you still don't know a whole lot about him movie-wise. So forget all of that. The, the main thing is the, the main storyline, and, and it's come to the point where it has come to. And the slate is being wiped clean and, and moved 
closer to the center for the new generation. Luke Skywalker, I will get this this thought out. I'm I'm, I'm a little bit afraid to to tell you the truth because I'm gonna get it's gonna get sticky here in a second. If you borrow from the Batman mythos, you you die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And and Luke is painted in a very dark picture in this particular film. He is becoming the villain. And this is why he isolates himself. He wants to not succumb to the dark side of the Force. He has been tempted his entire life by the dark side. And so he isolates himself. I've done that, you know, when I thought that I was hurting people. I've certainly done that myself. What great hero isn't tarnished by time. When I was growing up, we learned and we, we wrote essays about the founding fathers and how awesome they were and how great Thomas Jefferson was and how beautiful and insightful his writing was. And, and later on, we, we come to, I mean, not find out because the, the fact was there. He was a slave owner and he, uh, you know, he was a rapist and he, he did horrible, unspeakable things while he was building this country. We nearly, and in some cases totally, wiped out the indigenous people that were here before us in the name of progress. And we pat ourselves, and when I was young, you know, when I was a kid, we patted ourselves on the back for that. And we played cowboys and Indians, and the Indians were always the bad guys. And that simply is a lie. And as I've gotten older, those black and white cowboy and Indian things have moved towards the gray. Luke Skywalker is at the end of his time, and he knows it. So what all he is doing is, is being a farmer, like he started off. You know, he, he makes his own food, he catches his own food, he, he milks his own cows, you know. And he's, he's fine just being at peace and living out the rest of his days, not being a hero. And suddenly he's asked and is thrust back into the fight. And his entire saving grace is that he saved his friends. Ray, no-name Ray, is a nobody. She's not the legacy. Kylo is the legacy, and he's saying, burn it down if you have to. Erase the legacy. Everyone is important. No one person is more important than another person. We all have our own dreams, our own contributions, our own love to give in the form that we have to give it. Resting things on legacies and resting things on, on dynasties even is, is false. It's, and it's harmful. And it's, it's, it's the way that people get eradicated. It's, it's what sets things up for Nazism. It's what sets things up for us versus them, and we are certainly much better, and we have bigger bombs, so we must be better than them. It's the mindset of this needs to stay the same because we are in power, and we are afraid to lose that power. That's how the world ends, in a bad way. So the movie tells us, let it go. You know, the nobodies, the, the, the kid with the, with the broom, the, you know, the, the kid who cleans out the horse stables, exhibits force powers and he looks to the stars and he dreams the same way that Luke Skywalker did but he doesn't maybe he dreams of Jedi Knights and he dreams of the Sith and those are the stories he's told but he uses his force powers instead to sweep to clean to make to do the job that his hands were set to do 
Ah, man. The world of Star Wars is becoming less and less dependent on the fairy tales that initially shaped it. It is in shape. It is in, It has taken its form. We can go into that story, whatever new ones come up, knowing the world that they live in because it has become such an ingrained part of our culture. So we don't need... The fairy tales are in us. We know this already, you know. There was not... <clears throat> none of my children, uh, when, when I first introduced them to Star Wars, they already knew the, the gut-wrenching turn that happens at the end of Empire when Darth Vader is Luke's father. It's so ingrained in our culture that everybody knew it before seeing the movie. And in a way, that's I kind of felt cheated for them because when it first happened to me, it was a total left turn and it, it cut me to the bone. It chilled me really hard, you know? So the fairy tales are fading out. Storytelling in itself is vital to our culture. But the way we present those stories and the way we hold up people as heroes and the and the and the the pedestals that we put people on are becoming smaller and smaller. We can tell the truth that yes, this man wrote a beautiful thing. This this you know, he we we declared our independence and we won our independence and we made a better way for ourselves. But we can also acknowledge that in the process of doing that, some very good people died and that we are responsible for the slaughter of innocence to get where we were. That's just, that is part of our human story. You can tell both sides. You can present it as very gray and not lose any of your own face. You know, the story is what the story is and it should be told true. Even if you have to lie a bit to get that story out in doing card tricks. Talking about me. Nobody is right and just simply because they did something that was right and just once upon a time. Even if their actions are happening now and they are doing good things and doing good works, that does not necessarily mean that they are completely good people. We are all flawed and fractured. We are all set to die. Our our bodies, our vehicles for the consciousness we have are in a consistent state of breaking down, you know, from a certain point in our lives. We all are. And embracing the time that we have and doing our best to do good works in those things is, is kind of our duty and kind of what we should be striving for, in my opinion. Just because I did something good for someone one time or did a kindness to a stranger does not eradicate or erase the evil that I've done in my life as well, the hurt that I've put on people, the, the, the hearts that I have broken cavalierly, the, the, the things I've cheated, the, the lies that I've told. I still own those too. Luke Skywalker. He had a moment of blinding evil dark side and he let it shape the rest of his life he went and he isolated himself his actions caused his student to go deeper into a dark-sided place that's something that he owns in this movie and the storytelling and the beauty of it is why i love it the the honesty of 
while that in our minds we can set up that there is the light side and the dark side we have seen again and again and again that the fully that the dark sided people aren't fully dark sided and, and can be pulled closer to the center and as well as the light side we the people can be tempted by the light as well as the dark and meeting in the middle is maybe the best that we as humans can hope for and in those thoughts of Luke Skywalker my brain turned to Bill Cosby. When I was a kid, Bill Cosby was the biggest hero in my world. I, my, my grandfather, my father, my grandmother in particular, uh, they had the albums. <clears throat> I got them for presents. Uh, I listened to, he is a very funny fellow, and I listened to you know, the Noah's Ark thing and, and his storytelling and his humor were so brilliant and they shaped my own sense of humor. And he did such great works. He, he as, as a man of color, breaking boundaries from, you know, from the late 50s into the 60s and certainly into the 70s and 80s, he cut new ground. He led the charge. He changed the face of the world for the better. Everything from Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids to, to the Cosby Show and the, and the morality that he tried to put forth there and, and the humanitarian works that he did for people. And just ignoring all of that, the grand storytelling that he could pull from himself, all the things that he lived as a child and the lessons he brought forth and, and his, his own ethics on stage of telling a story clean and 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 telling it true all of that was legacy and all of that was heritage and all of that was dynasty cosby was a was a light in the darkness and he was an evil man off of the stage off of the tv off of the records that i collected and I and I learned from and I and I re, I memorized and recited and told the jokes to my friends. Behind all of that, the man that wasn't on stage was a manipulator, drugged women, and raped them many, many times over. And the only time he has shown any sorrow for any of those acts is when he got caught and convicted and even then it was more of an indignation that he got caught and that he got found out than any guilt that he ever felt he was a bad bad man he was perhaps one of the worst of men and that breaks me i mean robin got sick Robin got a terminal illness and decided to take his own life. And that hurt. And that watching that flag drop was a, was a major, major pain for me. I can't, I can't tell jokes about Bill Cosby because it's not funny. I tried, man, I, I tried to, 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 to use my humor and I tried to use my storytelling in a way that I could that I could ease the pain that I was feeling because of the acts that he did. But his cross isn't mine to bear, and his flag isn't one that I can pick up anymore. 
And that's horrifying. And that's, I mean, you want to talk about you die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain? Bill Cosby became the villain, but, but he didn't become the villain. He has always been the villain. We just finally saw it. But he, he, he was a villain and he was an evil man to, to dozens of, of people long before we knew about it. And they lived in the horror of that and watching, watching this man get accolade after accolade and, and success after success and, and living with what had happened to them. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that, how, how, how sorrowful that must be. So when I go public and when I put my feelings down and I, and I see there being injustice and, and someone being lifted up for a good work that they did when, when at heart and, and in action they have shown themselves to be the kind of monster that sometimes I see in myself, I'm only speaking the truth about it. Bill Cosby is a monster. He is not someone to be emulated and all of the good works that he did and all of the beautiful things that he wrote mean nothing as far as I'm concerned. I am willing to acknowledge that he made great art. I am willing to acknowledge that he changed the world for the better because he did. But I won't tell those jokes anymore and I won't listen to those albums anymore and I will put those things out of my mind as best I can and live in the world that it is now. Because my hero has always been a villain. And that's very hard for me to swallow. I'm not a judge. I am not a... I do not have the moral capacity to sit in judgment of anybody. But whatever punishment he receives, it's not going to be enough. I would not call for his death, because I don't do that. I personally find rape more abhorrent than murder. I mean, if, if I want to, if I want to put a little salve on this wound, I could point to Charles Manson, who wrote brilliantly, who, who apparently was a great poet, but he was absolutely insane in what he was, you know, and and as well as being a murderous bastard, he he got found out before he became famous or before he, he got his stuff out, Cosby had decades of, of wealth and power and used that wealth and that power to prey on other people. And it, it's horrifying in my little world. It's, it's galvanizing too in, in, in the fact that I now have a firmer example of what one can become and, and, and my my striving for excellence and my striving for love and my striving for kindness has to be more of that on and off stage. Because we're not just the guy on stage. We're not just the, the person putting on the armor and, and delivering the story. We are humans and we are flawed. And we have the capacity to be monstrous to each other. I don't really have an ending. This, this went a lot more emotional than I expected it to. And if I was the kind of person to apologize for saying what I believe, <laughs> but I'm not.
this is what I believe. And you may soundly disagree. You'd be wrong about Cosby if, if you still support him. You may disagree with me about my view of The Last Jedi, but the world moves on, and black and white have less and less of a place because there's a whole ton of gray in the middle, and that's where most of us live. I, I have few regrets in my life. The things that I absolutely regret the most, the things that I am sorrowful for, sorrowful for, are the times that I have hurt people. There have been times when it has been necessary for me to hurt someone's feelings in order to show them the truth. There have been times when I've had to stand in the gap and say, this, this is where the right side is, as far as I can see. And as far as my opinion and my viewpoint go, I will stand up for what I believe to be right. And there's going to be often times when I'm incorrect about that. But I'm doing my best. I don't have a point. I don't have a finishing thought. I don't have anything to tie all this together except that's how I feel. That's what I see in the world. Be more gray. Hell, be more green. Be more pink. Be more blue, you know? Black and white are, are nice for enhancing your, your actual color. But speak in the colors of what your heart shows you. You have enough love. You have enough compassion. You have enough kindness in you to give it away all day and every day. And yes, the road is weary, and yes, it's possible to get tired, and yes, there's going to be times you just need to take care of yourself, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Take that time. But when you're doing your art, when you are not doing your art, when you are preparing to do your art, seek the kindness within yourself for yourself. Show it to the people you encounter, to the people around you. Let them know that they're loved. Don't, <laughs> don't be selfish. Don't be Bill. Love truly and as purely as you can possibly manage. I'll be back next week. There may be some feedback. God, I hope there's feedback. Tell me what you think. Write it down. Send me a message. Put it under the under the comments section of wherever you're listening to. I will get it. I will get the message. Email me, info at chrishannibal.com. I want to hear your thoughts on this. This is as raw as it gets sometimes, people. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you're there. Tune in again. Let me hear from you. And I hope there's love where you are. I sincerely hope there is love where you are.